Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. those in your routine every week because of mm. like the motion and the movement and the like your because when you squat like it's your whole body like it's putting tension on your whole body when yeah. you like just and uh I'm, I'm telling you I've, I've been i've been responding really well to it that's cool that reminds me of this guy named dan john he's a big um uh lifter but like he's real into the science behind it yeah and he has this lift of five of the most like the things that'll get you right so quickly that mm-hmm. nobody does and it's um one of them is farmer carries like yeah. no one ever does farmer carries yeah. but it's so good for you and then he, i think one is deadlift mm-hmm. there's a push and a pull but it's basically five exercises of the main lifts what you just said mm-hmm. but they're different ways of doing it sure variations yeah <clears throat> but yeah. It's, it's pretty cool because it can get you going yeah. quickly so i do that i got the two days and, and mike helped me with like the routine uh, of it is like one week you do like five sets of five, then you might do, a, then you do a week of like sets of eight, mm-hmm. and then back and forth, like, and that, some, the science behind that, I don't know, but I yeah. just, that's what I've been doing. And then two days of CrossFit, which gives me that, you know, auxiliary, you know, keeping my cardio, keeping my heart, so I figure if I can do two and two every week, some, some weeks I might, if my schedule allows for it, I might hit three days of CrossFit, two days of heavy lift. Yeah. But the thing I'm learning with heavy lifting is I need more rest days. Mm-hmm. Because I tried that. I feel like two days of CrossFit is about all I can handle because I need, I need a, a couple days in between those heavy lifts. You should look into, um, it's called heart rate variability. Mm-hmm. And it me- first thing in the morning, you lay down for five minutes and it measures... Uh, the variance between your like your lub and your dub, because those are like doo-doo. lub, lub dub, or it's the two different mechanisms of your heart. Yeah, and both of them require electrical impulses, and so sounds like something a child would say, lub dub, lub dub, <laughs> lub dub. I was trying to make it simple for you, since I know you're not like medical at all, <laughs> and I am. You don't know. You don't know what I am. <laughs> um, so. It's not just your heart rate, but it's it's the variability which shows how you're recovering. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of athletes, they'll wake up and based on their score, they will either work out hard or do another day of recovery. Mm-hmm. But it's super responsive to your body and where you're at. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like you may feel fine after a heavy day of squats, but your CNS needs a few days right. to recover from that. Oh, I'm learning that. It's yeah. crazy. I'm listening to my body. Like when I do those heavy days, like man, I want to. I sleep and I sleep hard. Like I want to sleep, um, <clears throat> and then I, I'll when I push it too hard, like my body. Like I went there the other day, and like I didn't even want to do one thirty five. Like my body just, my central nervous system was like, "There's nothing here today, boy." Like, yeah. <laughs> like go home. So I just did one thirty five. Just kind of repped it out. Just did some light stuff and was just like, "All right." Yeah, that's when you just got to get the blood flowing to your muscles. Yeah. Get a nice stretch in. Yeah. And so it's just, it's crazy, like, to to feel that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going there like, all right, this is my heavy lift day, and I start to try to put weight on. I'm like, my body is like, I ain't lifting jack today. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, I did a deload week where I did a couple of days of light reps and stuff, and then the next week I came in and, like, jumped 20 pounds and everything. Like, I felt super strong. It's just, like, right. crazy how the body functions in that way. Well, listeners, hopefully you enjoy uh, hearing uh, two uh, 34-year-old men talk about their workout routines. You're going to keep this in? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you want to play some Take It or Leave It? All right, all right, all right. All right, Take It or Leave It. This is a game where I give Chad a couple of disguised topics. If he takes it, as a pastor, he has to speak on it. Uh, if he leaves it, he is a wuss. <laughs> and I will sneak it back in another episode. <laughs> all right, so first topic is good cop, bad cop. Mm. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why does God allow bad things to happen to oh good people? Oh, my gosh. 
I wrote a paper on this in the seminary a long time ago. I wish I had my computer here to look it back <laughs> up because it's a, it's a that is a this is t- like a um a tough question. The the atheists will have this objection, yeah, but then also certain Christians will have this objection right. about other Christians' belief systems or yeah theology. Reality is, um, we don't actually know the full answer to that question. Like just that particular question, there's no black and white. This is why God does it. The best answer that I've heard uh, that I, I use a lot is from Tim Keller. And it's from his uh, Reason for God series. And uh, that was one of the main questions. He, he did this little video series where he just brought people off the streets in New York, like six people randomly, and let them kind of um, dialogue on some of these questions, these hard questions. Many of them were atheists or agnostic or different religions and all kinds of stuff. And um, this is a tough one because... This is this is a hard one for all of us where, okay, if God's good, he's fully good, he's sovereign, so he's in full control, how come does he allow evil to still exist, right? right? And um, really the answer is we don't know why this plan is best, but we can conclude that it must be necessary. But we know Otherwise, that God, God wouldn't allow, like, do right. it that way. And God does not stand directly behind evil. We see in James that God does not create evil. Um, so that theory of people like, well, if he's sovereign, then he must create evil. He doesn't create evil. Um, there's a mystery there of how all that works. But where we can answer this question best and where we can find comfort is at the cross. Because what we can conclude is if there was any other way for God to redeem man, for God to change everything, uh, to bring us back to himself, other than his own son taking the full wrath, dying on the cross, he would have. Because uh, with God's character, he, he wouldn't be good if he did that just because he thought it was fun or something like that, right? Right. So when we look at the cross, we look at Christ, and we look at what Christ goes through, what we can conclude is that it must be necessary. And we see some spots in Scripture where it talks about in the end, um, some parables, I think... Uh, off the top of my head, there's one in Matthew where it talks about at the end where um, he allows the weed and the and the essentially the weeds to grow at the same time, and eventually at harvest time, separate out the the yeah. weeds from the wheat. Or I'm butchering it because I can't remember. Exactly we just read where that it's at. to the kids. Um, do you know where that one's at? It's like Luke 18. See if you can find it. It's probably also in Matthew 13. Yeah, he has all his parables. In yeah. Room. There's one of the parables um, I'm butchering right now off the top of my head. But with all that being said, there, obviously it must be necessary for him to allow everything to grow up. And so when we look at the cross, we look at Jesus, we see that it must be necessary for God to allow it to be this way, that it must be best because of what him coming in, in the form of his son, taking everything upon himself, dying, defeating sin and death so that we may be brought back into a relationship with him. Right. And that he suffered himself and he took the wrath of evil himself so that we could be made new and to, to defeat sin and death to crush the head of the serpent. So we conclude that this must be the best way. The other thing that we can conclude with this as well, if we understand the biblical story of a war between two worlds, the, the kingdom the kingdom of man or a kingdom of the world, kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. And we see that playing out throughout Scripture. That, <clears throat> and we look at a lot of warlike um, language. We talked about this on the Nehemiah Project podcast um, this week as well. So go check that out. Um, but put on the full armor of God. And so Christ already fulfilled um, Genesis 3.15. Right. In crushing the head of the serpent, right? The cross, he does that. He fulfills that. He's defeated Satan. Satan never had any power in the first place, but he brings that about, right? Mm -hmm. Right now we're waiting to the end battle, the final battle. And so the other thing we can conclude as well is God is allowing this time period for people to be able to come to know him. There's a grace in that. Right. And essentially being recruited to a different army, (laughs) essentially, right? So that the final battle when Christ comes and, defeats Satan uh, finally and, and and cast him into the pit and 
and recreates, you know, the kingdom on earth and does all this stuff in Revelation that you can read. Yeah. So the answer is we don't know why it has to be the way that it is. Um, there's mystery there, but we can trust because of God's character that this that it must be this way and it's and it's the best way and it's good. Yeah. Uh, listen to R.C. Sproul talk about this last night. He's like, he's probably one of the smartest. Yeah. He's yeah, passed away sure. now, but yeah. didn't he just die? He did, yeah. yeah. Um, but he says, so the atheist will come and say, oh, I'm, I'm not going to believe in God because if God was real, then evil wouldn't exist. Right. But, and the Christian can't really refute him fully because like you just said, we don't know. And R.C. Sproul said that, like he mm. searched for, for 40 years or probably longer than that. He studied and he couldn't find the answer. Right. But if you're an atheist, not only do you also have to prove where evil comes from, but mm. you on top of that have to prove where good comes from, mm. which as a Christian, we can at least know exactly where good comes from. Mm-hmm. And we know where good, where bad will end. We yeah. don't know where bad comes from, but we know how it will end. True. Yeah. In, in the end. And we have hope in that. We can take comfort in that. Yeah. So <laughs> you're, the parable you're talking about is thir- uh, Matthew 13, 24, the parable of the weeds. Okay. Yeah. So go check that out too. Yeah. yeah that ex- like Jesus basically saying like he has to wait until the end time because if he pulls up the weeds, he will also pull up the crops. Right. And then he'll, he'll sort them in the end. So there's a grace there of this time period we're in now in redemptive history where God's not destroying the earth yet because there are more of his children to be to be made new and to be drawn back into his kingdom. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, hopefully that's a helpful answer. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, okay, next topic, clan wars. <laughs> uh, I feel like you're getting better at... at Hiding? Deceiving me. <laughs> um, I'm going to pass on this one. That's probably a good one. <laughs> the past one. <laughs> All right, tell, tell us. So, Clan Wars was about how different theological camps within oh. Christianity war with, so, like, so how right. is it that that is a thing? How does, you know, mm-hmm. we just talk about how God allows bad things. Why does he allow for us to fight amongst ourselves? Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, the next topic is body. Body. I feel like you're trying to sneak in yoga pants somewhere <laughs> on me. <laughs> oh, that'd be too obvious. <laughs> but is that what you're trying to do to me? Trying to make it so obvious that I would think it wasn't that. See, you don't know this, but I took a course in college on game theory. Oh, have you? And it, it's all about this. I'll have to explain to you sometime. All right. I'll take it. Body was actually about... Um, the appearance, like how much importance should we place on our mm-hmm. appearance? Now we were just talking about this, mm-hmm. like working out. Like sure. I want to look a little better when I'm working out. Like, yeah. is that all sin and vanity, or is there some like merit in mm-hmm. like looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, "Oh, like not too bad." I mean, I definitely think there's good and merit in honoring the Lord with our bodies, right? Being healthy. I think that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like we should look at our fitness or our health in in terms of what's most honoring to God. So, for instance, eating healthy, working out. God's created us to move. It actually does things within us physiologically. That's healthy. That's good. Keeps our mind sharp. Uh, you know, good sleep. Our moods are better. Like, it sets you up for success to be able to be obedient to the Lord. For instance, <clears throat> if I'm super tired and always grouchy and moody because I'm lazy and, not, and lethargic, then how hard is it for me to, you know, let no corrupting talk come out of my mouth and only get, you know, only speak Ephesians four twenty nine, mm-hmm. only give, only speak in such a way that gives grace to all who hear. Right? Like, right. it's going to be super hard for me to do if I'm feeling really down and you know lethargic and depressed and whatever and that's it's also sinful to be lazy right um and so when it comes to physical fitness i think there's a lot of merit to the heart behind it the comfort the laziness the the idolatry of of uh, like i said comfort a lot you know especially when it comes to our bodies usually overeating 
you know, sitting around, all that kind of stuff that we're not called to. God's called us to move, to create. Which to those things will change our body. Absolutely. One way. And it will it will make us healthier and more appealing. Like if you have good nutrition, for instance, that your body needs healthily, well, your skin's going to be clearer. You're going to be, you know, like they yeah. say fitness is the fountain of youth. I mean, if you eat healthy and work out, t- people tend to look younger, old, older. Does yeah. that make sense? Like you see a guy who's, or a woman who's consistently just healthy, well, when she's 50, it's like, oh, she looks like she's still in her 30s or 40s. Like, right. Versus like, People from where I'm from that don't eat healthy and don't, you know, like Teeth rednecks. Out, rednecks, man, skin. They'd be like 40 years old, look like they're 80. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I, I was thinking this the other day, I was like, man, I was at, at Pelican Athletic Club and you know, see, I see a bunch of 40, 50 years old walking around being like, man, they look still in great shape. Still yeah, great. you said when you were a kid, you thought that was old. Oh, when now I was a like, kid, oh, I'll be good. A 40 or 50 year old where I'm from on in tobacco country. They're on their way out. <laughs> dude, they look rough. Right. Like, I see some 30 year olds that look they rough can't move around where I'm from. Yeah. Cuz it's just and it's just laziness, how we eat, just the toll that the type of farm work and stuff takes on your body. Like there's a combination like a lot of people where I'm from like smoke and stuff like that. Like all yeah. those things are unhealthy, right? So it's not vanity, it's just like just not taking care of themselves. And then ultimately our goal is to glorify God and to be about the mission of God, and obviously if we're physically healthy, we tend to be spiritually spiritually healthy. It, it all works together. Everything's spiritual. So usually us not being physically healthy, if we look into it, there's a heart behind it that's there's some spiritual things that need to be taken care of. Right, right. Right? Now, um, as far as like vanity sense, like, I mean, there's something to be like, you know, take care of yourself, be put together, like, like be, have some dignity in your appearance and stuff, right? Yeah. That there's some good... And just honoring God in that way. But as far as comparing yourself to other people or trying to look like someone else and the vanity side of it, that's idolatry too. Right, because everyone has a different body type yeah. to begin with. Your goal is to be the best version of you that God created you to be. That's yeah, it. You sound like Joel Osteen. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't say your best life now. I said the best version of yourself oh. that God, God created you to be okay, for his buddy. glory. That's a different That's a different statement. Um, and You writing a book? Well... <laughs> And, and and then the, sometimes the Lord, you know, maybe you have uh, an ailment, maybe you have, you know, something that a handicap, or you know, and you're not any less than the person that isn't doesn't have that, right? Right? Like it's not about comparison or about looking like someone else or being a certain body type or right. any of that kind of stuff. Healthiness just comes from like, am I honoring God and everything that I'm doing? Paul says it. In First Corinthians ten thirty one, like whether, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So the question is, am I honoring God in these ways to yeah. the best of my ability? That's the question. And right? you'll see, you'll see changes in your body along the way, of course. But that's more of an indicator of, you know, is what you're doing working? Right. You know, which right. you know it helps helps. So, like you were just saying, mm-hmm. like when you when you do just CrossFit your body type doesn't change. But when you lift right. heavier, your body type changes. And that's the way so. God's created me. You know, right. Some people respond great to like a CrossFit or a running or whatever and, and do whatever you like to do. Who cares? Yeah. You know? I tell people all the time, in the Nehemiah Project, we have physical fitness as part of it because it's all spiritual and there's a lot of research uh, you know, on that, helping with mood disorders and nice. mental, mental health and stuff. I believe that. Um, <clears throat> but it's like, you don't have to like, be like there's no certain way to work out we just want you to move like i don't care if you if you take a walk every day like if that's the way you need to move like it's just about it's just about being healthy right yeah. you know and exercising in some sort of way and everyone kind of has a different level of knowledge too as to what's healthy so it's like you right. just need to honor god with the knowledge you have right and sometimes know? it's starting somewhere like you don't look at like you don't watch the CrossFit games and be like I'm supposed to be like these people. It's right. Like, well, that's What's not- his workout? I'm gonna do his workout. Like no, you need to do what he did like 15 years ago when he was getting off the couch. Exactly. Like, right. If you're if you're just getting started, like you may need to start like I said with some light lifting and taking a walk. Like yeah, you may not need to start running. And see if you can sustain that for a long time exactly. and then slowly build. And it's up. all about healthy godly habits, right? And all this comes back to God's designed us to take dominion to to cultivate, to be intentional, to work. And 
that lethargic laziness, all that stuff that leads to unhealthy physically, usually is an indication of being unhealthy spiritually. Yeah. Right? They they usually go hand in hand of of that way. But mm-hmm. but like I said, there's no certain body type or certain. I think that's sinful and vanity. You know, I'm who God created me to be. I want to be as healthy as I can be to serve Him and to serve the mission that He's given me and be faithful to Him the best that I can. I know when I work out hard, I have a clear mind and I feel more energetic. And so that's helpful. And to it's do nice for you to see growth. Absolutely. As far as like, like you just benched like a million pounds. No. And you're like, wow. <laughs> not a million pounds. Well, it's nice that you're getting stronger because it shows one, what you're doing is yeah. not in vain, it's working. Yeah. For sure, and and there's there's something to be said for goal setting, habit forming, you know, just like setting goals physically, it also helps with man. I'm getting up every morning. I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing it like yeah. goal setting. It 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 spreads out across all your life. You know, yeah. it, you say it all the time, and I agree with you. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Yes, finally. I give I give you I the credit. You didn't agree with me. I agree with you. Okay, <laughs> I agree that Sam doesn't. I got to prove it to him. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know if that's like 100% true across the board, but what I'll say is it, there's something it's to be said tendency, for that. Yeah. There's a tendency of if you're lazy in one area of your life, you're probably it's probably affecting other areas of your life, you mm-hmm. know. But if you if Or you, if you're a one-dimensional person and you put right. all your effort in the one basket, you know, right. maybe you need to work on the balance. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with the saying, but <laughs> But to say that that one doesn't impact the other would be foolish. Right. Right. So like if I'm spending time in God's Word, but it doesn't change how I speak and how I act, and then something's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, just like if I'm healthier and feel more energetic, it's going to impact other areas of my life when I'm counseling, when I'm when I'm needing to have a bunch of meetings. You know, like if I'm having more energy and stuff, it's only going to help me. Yeah. You know, do that better. Mm-hmm. So I think that's valuable. But like I said, vanity. I think that's sinful and. You don't need to look good for somebody else or be, you know, compare yourself to the people. I think that's wrong. That's yeah. approval, usually uh, approval idol. Um, but I got I got one woman that I, I got to worry about liking how I look, and <laughs> and if she doesn't like it, I guess she's stuck with it. So yeah, or she's a physical trainer, so she could right whip you into shape. But there's something to be said for that too. Like, hey, I want to love my wife, and and not that she ever requires me to look any certain way, but I do know like. It, it is probably more loving to her that I'm not a, a slob and, and like not taking care of myself. <laughs> One of my stuff. life goals is to be able to um, press my wife above my head like dirty dancing style <laughs> without her really jumping. Like I just want to do a clean above the head press. I did a... <laughs> you could probably do that to Marie. Well, well, yes, yeah, You're way stronger like shoulders sure. than I am. Well, I took... I took <laughs> This is you talking about that. We had a we we're having a big family group hug. Like I was hugging Marie, and then Jules came running over, and then Hudson, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just reached down and I bear hugged everybody and like picked everybody. <laughs> nice, <laughs> just squeezed them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What?" Yeah, but it's fun. I didn't hold them for long, so. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I can I can probably pick up. Well, I don't know. I got six. You got more kids them, though. So. <laughs> tough. I only got two kids. We're throwing that mix. No, but I just want, uh, you heard the uh, the parable of, it's not a parable. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Of Milo the wrestler. Milo. Like he, like an old Greek wrestler. Mm-mm. So when, like he was like the strongest wrestler in, in Rome or whatever. Oh, really? I don't know if it's like a story made up, what up? I don't know. But the, the principle it's is. It's a legend. We'll call it a legend. Sure. Yeah. He picked up like a baby cow, a calf was born, mm. and he picked it up every single day. Well, as the calf grew, he got, he got stronger. stronger right? And yeah. so when the calf was fully grown into a bull, he was picking up a bull above his head. Well, that I I have a really hard time believing. Cause yeah, but just like, the, isn't that the idea of that? Like, I mean, that that's makes true. so much sense. That's true to an extent, but I think there's also like an extent that you're, you know, Mike Linstead talks about this a lot. Like, like you have gene expression, like there's a certain amount that you're you have inside of you that that as you work out, you're kind of unlocking that, but there is a limit to yeah. how you're designed. Like, I could, no matter how hard I've trained, I'm not picking up a bull. You yeah, well, you aren't Milo. But I he comes from different genes. I, but even, like, the world's strongest men, like like uh, Brian Shaw, who's won it, like, five times. He's 6'8", like, 400 pounds, like, pretty much all muscle. I would, 
I would venture to say there's no way. Because well, you the, know how much a bull weighs? 600 pounds? No. 1,200 pounds? No. Like, 8,000 pounds. Yeah, like a ton, bro. Like, they're, <laughs> they're not light. Well, here's the point. The point is like... <laughs> Unless this was like a really scraggly bull. <laughs> the, um, the, the weight lifting method that was like evolved from this was... It's, I don't know. The guy called it itty-bitties. So like basically every week you're... Like he even created these... Um, you know, two and a half pound weights are the smallest. Yeah, yeah. He created one and a quarter weights. And so he wants you to increase your weight by one and a quarter or like basically that that's 2.5 pounds each lift. Yeah, yeah. And so you don't even notice it. But if you do that while. every week, yeah. like you're getting stronger and stronger. For and stronger. sure. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. That for, was the principle from the legend. The principle is true. But like I said, I think there's a top where it's like. Yeah, for this sure. Is You'll far, cap this, out. Is, this is as far as I'm Like going. Milo capped out at the bull. He couldn't do a bigger bull. <laughs> I, like I said, that must have been like a sickly bull. <laughs> what if the story is like, yeah, I did it till he was grown. He was like half grown and he like killed it. And like, well, he was, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last topic. Uh, now you see me. Now you don't. Mm-mm-mm. I'll take it since it's the last one. Okay, what do you think about magic? What do I think about magic? Yeah, for Christians. Like, is it a good idea? Sure, yeah. Is it uh, dangerous? Is it good? Is it, is it bad? Well, one... Just the idea of, like, deception, even magic tricks, card tricks, like... I look at it as the same thing as a joke, right? Like, because that's a good question. But... Everybody who comes to like a magic show, if I'm doing tricks, if I'm telling you I'm doing tricks, like, hey, that's cool. How'd you do that? But I know that it's not real. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, everybody's in on the fact that it's not real. Like, when you tell a joke to make everybody laugh, everybody knows. You're not like, well, you're a liar. No, I'm, I'm making joke. up a joke. Yeah, Milo wasn't real. We all know that I'm making jokes. Right. So I'm not lying to anyone because we all come in with a premise. These aren't real stories. Mm-hmm. Versus the same thing with magic. Now, there is sorcery and there is magic that goes into a realm uh, that I do believe that that is evil and that, like, tarot card readers and all these different, you know, that sorcery type of stuff. Even all that is just, like, psychological tricks. Well, we see it in Scripture, though. I mean, yes, some of it is psychological tricks, but also we see in Scripture where, I mean, some of that's demonic and it is somewhat real but it's not good. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, I would not... I well, because they're right. tricking people to put their hope in it. That's exactly. probably why it's sinful. Well, that, but I'm saying like even in scripture, like some of those sayers and stuff, like in in uh, 1 Samuel, when Saul goes to see a, one of those seer, sayers yeah. and he brings Samuel, but like that, like that stuff, that's evil, bro. Mm-hmm. Th- that didn't go away. You know what I'm saying? I think right. some of that voodoo, some of that stuff demonic you know like people being demon possessed all that kind of stuff like that is uh, that is something that christians should not be dabbling in or promoting or wanting does that make sense Mm -hmm. there's so there's a difference between somebody trained a long time to do some card tricks and do a bunch of illusions and everybody knows that this isn't real but it's like it's really cool that someone figured out how to do this in a way that we can't figure out how you did it right like that's an entertainment show okay. versus like st- something's demonic here. Something's right. like like what's the purpose behind it? If it's to casually entertain, it's fine. Right. If it's to like right give you some kind of hope outside mm-hmm. of God, then it's sin. Like I saw one time at a church a long time ago, uh, and actually, you ever heard of the comedian Nate Bargatze? No. His dad was a magician. He was a clown and then a magician. And so he talks about a lot in his act. And um, he's got a podcast called Nate Land. He's a, he's a Christian guy. Um, like, I don't know how uh, solid. solid, but he, he's, very, he's a clean comedian and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, his dad would do, go to churches and do magic tricks as a way to, like, for kids and then share the gospel, you know. And nothing wrong with that. Like, everybody knows... It's a magic. It's, these are tricks. I'm these sure are, there was some like super traditional Southern yeah, Baptists. He, who talked, were, like, he talked on the podcast how a couple old ladies at some churches like real, man, real it's mad. It's witchcraft. Yeah, and he goes, he goes, that's not right. You know, some girl, he said some lady came to him and was like, that's not right. You know, this this is this is demonic. You know, doing magic. You know, deceiving people. 
He said, well, I'm not deceiving people. Like, this is an entertainment show. Like, everybody knows this is tricks. You right. Know? And she's like, well, that's not right to deceive people. And he, he said, is that your hair, your original hair color? Because <laughs> she was, like, old and it was, like, definitely dyed. And right. she, like, stormed off. It's like, what are you talking about? You're deceiving people, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> and with that logic, you know. Cause there's a difference between... You know, no one's deceiving anyone, and this is just fun little tricks, and we're all entertained by it. Yeah. Versus stuff that's like definitely demonic and definitely uh-huh, should, shouldn't uh-huh. be playing around in that world. You know, that's my take. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna finish up Deborah's song today. Deborah. I don't think we ever talked about uh, Jael. I think it's how you say her name. Jael. Jael. Yeah. Last that's, time. That's how we ended. Did we end with her? Yeah, she killed uh, the commander of the army. My favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite passages, and we're in Judges 4, by the way, if you weren't with yeah, us Yeah, 4 last is time. the story, and then 5 is the song. So today yeah. we were going to hit on the song, but we can recap I want to recap on the story. This one part of the passage, it's like my favorite. It's just funny to me. It made me kind of chuckle when I read it, but it's just like, but J.L., the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer, which, by the way, super smart of her, of like, hey, come in, like, Pretty deceptive, but in war, I guess, you know, what are you going to do? Right. But it gives him milk instead of water, which basically makes you sleepy. It's probably like some you know? kind of opium. Gets him warm. Poppy seeds. You know, and he's like cozy and thinks he's safe, you know. But then she takes a tent It's hardcore. Tent peg, took a hammer in her hand. Then she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground. So basically through his head. While he was like lying too much, bro. While he was lying fast asleep from weariness, so he died. It's like, did you need to say so he died? Like, pretty <laughs> sure we got the picture. Yeah. Well, the tent peg was through his head. Yeah. <laughs> what I love about that is that, like, only a woman could have seduced him into like the mm-hmm. comfort of like this dude's a commander of the army. You don't sleep when you're on the run. Like, right. you can sleep with one eye open. Right. But yet, this woman, like. Got him well, comfortable he thought, enough. Well, he thought they were allies too. Remember? Well, yeah, for sure. The, this people group, but it's also cool to see how God moved in Jael's life because she obviously had heard about Israel and their God, and kind of like the same thing when you go back to Joshua when the spies go in, and you got Rahab who, you know, was in Jericho, and and she she had heard the stories of God, and she believed. That's why she helped help them because she knew like your God's coming and. And you guys are going to win, so I want to be on the winning team. Right. Same thing with Jaya. Like, she had the same type of, like, I've heard about your God. You know, I know that he's true God, so let me, I'm going to help. <laughs> I'm on your all side, you know, Yeah. type of thing. So I thought, <clears throat> thought that was interesting. Yep. How God did that. So basically, um, the, what army is this? I forget. Sisera? Well, Sisera, it was the Canaanites. the Canaanites, yeah. So basically the Canaanites were delivered through the hands of two women. And so last episode, well, two episodes ago, we talked about just feminism and then the role of gen- or gender roles and how God uses women differently and, uh, than men, but they're equal and they're valued, different in roles, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see here how uh, the, the commander of the Lord's army, uh, what's his name? I forget. Barack. Yeah. yeah. Barak or Barack. 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 He um he basically gave up like his the glory that he would get with winning because he he wanted Deborah to come. Right. And Deborah says, um, if I come oh, where does she say it? If you will go with me, I will go, but if you will not go with me, I will not go. Barack says that and she said, I will surely go with you, nevertheless, the road of which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Right. So, so that was his sin was idolizing Deborah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Deborah, Deborah was gave, gonna, her go, job is yeah. to give mm-hmm. the word of the yep. Lord to Barak. Right. She gives him the word saying, God says go, we're going to have victory. But he doesn't trust God. He trusts in Deborah. Yeah. Whereas, <clears throat> that's why some people was like, why is that to his dishonor? Shame, yeah. To his shame. Because isn't Deborah, you know, the prophetess and all that stuff? And it's like, well, it's because the, the if you see in Scripture, anytime a prophet would come and speak to a king, 
the king would just go obey the words of the prophet. He wasn't like requiring the prophet to come with him and like relying on the prophet. Right. Whereas here, Barak is like, I got to have you. Which her word was, go gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking Mm 10,000. And I think basically he didn't think he could gather 10,000 people by himself. Right. And he needed her. And because some commentary would say like, People will fight for a woman, but like more than they'll fight for a man. Sure. So he wanted to use her. And she was the mother of Israel at the time. Like yeah. that, people definitely had a, a great respect for Deborah. Right. But then when Deborah says uh, the the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman, everyone probably thought they were talking about um, herself. Right. But it ended up being Jael yeah. when she drove the. <clears throat> pen, but I think that's peg. an important point to bring out. Is you know we do that I think in our day and time in ourselves personally a lot too where God will say do something and we'll we'll like half obey but be conditional and still trust in the things that we've trusted in mm-hmm. right whereas the once again his sin was if she says go do that God's with you then it doesn't matter if Deborah's there or not God is the one who's going to draw the men to you mm-hmm. but he's not trusting that God's going to do that whereas like with us, God may say, hey, I want you to do this or obey. And sometimes we're like, well, I'll obey if or I'll obey, but I also want X, Y, and Z. You know, like I'll obey, but God, I'll obey if you give me the money I need for it or I'll obey yeah. if you provide this. When a lot of times God says, go do this, and he provides later, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but we want him to like provide first before we obey. Yeah, which judges have shown us like he will he will deliver the Israelites right. however he wants. Like he uses so right. many different methods. Right. All these judges look completely different. They act different. They're from different places. Right. Absolutely. So he doesn't have some prescription of how he's going to do certain mm-hmm. things. So that's why, which really just builds up our faith. Like right. that gives us opportunities to trust him. And it just shows like there's not... The breakdown here, what it shows also, we talked about the complementarianism, it just shows that there's not a whole lot of men who are just trusting in God alone, mm-hmm. right? Um, it seems like Deborah is one of the only ones who's like truly trusting in the Lord, right? whereas it seems like Israel even is even doing this stuff because of Deborah when they should be doing it because of God. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with what Deborah's trying to do, it just means... It just shows the breakdown of men stepping into their role of leadership. Mm-hmm. And we see this a lot, once again, in our day and time. You know, like for me, I come from a home where my mom was a Christian. My dad still isn't. He doesn't acknowledge the Lord or, or care. And frankly, he's not really a leader, ever have, has never been a leader in our home, you know, spiritually or anything. Um, but God still used my mom, used my mom to, you know, share the gospel and, be an example in my life, even though I didn't always listen to it or, or care about it. I see the seeds that were planted since I was a kid, yeah. right, because of my mom. And unfortunately, a lot of times, what we see in our, you know, you take that even further, in a lot of broken homes where where the wife has to be the spiritual leader. Uh, yeah. A lot of men who are just lethargic, even in their faith, even if they are Christians, they don't really share their gospel, they don't talk about scripture in their home. They don't like lead Bible studies in their home. They don't do the basic things that God has called us to do as men and and leading spiritually in our homes. Right. And so when there's a a void of leadership, someone's going to fill into that leadership. And so a lot of times it ends up being the wife who, who does that. And she doesn't usually, most women that I talk to would rather their husband be that, (laughs) but, but for their kids sake, they, that you know somebody's got to you know share the gospel and talk to the kids about and or try to get people to go to church and all this kind of stuff yeah you know but it doesn't mean it's the way god intended it it's not the best right way. and it's to the shame of the man because he's exactly. not fulfilling his role exactly um and to any guy that is like oh that's me well that was me too um sure. let's see three years ago well the the whole, it took a year for me to get on track with what mm-hmm. i needed to do but it's so simple. Like, so a lot of guys don't do it, and I didn't because I didn't know the answers. I didn't know the right method. Like, basically, right. how do I teach God to my kids? That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's simple. You pray with them. You read scripture with them. Talk about it. You show them your the importance of church. Mm-hmm. 
you don't even have to talk to them about the importance of church. You just like prioritize it. Go to church. Prioritize the gathering of believers. Yeah. And then in your prayers, you reflect the importance of reaching others. Well, it's the same principle as like we said, working out. Like if you know you need to, you start somewhere. Yeah. And build. Well, those four things, like that's so simple. Yeah. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to sit and... There are a million resources for you once you right. get on the path, but like it's well, just that. That's your like equivalent of waking up early and going for a walk yeah. around the block. Like just start there for six months and, yeah. and then add on little by little. And and the simple things usually make a bigger impact for the kids anyway. Like, oh, yeah. For instance, Monday, taking the kids to school, in, in the driveway before we drove, <clears throat> I said, hey, oh, let's, let's uh, read scripture. And let's talk about it on our way to school. Mm-hmm. So I read Psalm 1, pretty simple, you know, bless is a man. Um, and we read through it. And on the way, it was just like, what does this say about the wicked? Okay, and we just, you know, they talked about it. What does a blessed man look like? What does he do? Mm-hmm. He meditates on the Word. Oh, so when God's Word helps us. You know, we just had this very simple right. conversation. Give them, like, softballs to answer. Yeah, and they loved it, and it was helpful and then i was able to give some application for their day so so what if someone's bullying someone else would you would that be called a scoffer would should you join in with that or should you care about the person you know and try to you know we just talk through just very practical things in their world too you know yeah um that's next level but i didn't well the theology of i didn't go into any like right you know depth in that way which is their seven and five. We just talked about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just as simple as that. Pray with them, talk about it. You know, family worship night, using our new songs, you know? We listen, oh, yeah. We listen the to the the treasure and the teach them one, the song, uh, Deuteronomy 6 and the Matthew thirteen forty four. Yeah. Just read the, the passage. We talked about it for a minute. We played the song. Yeah. Read the passage, talk about it, play the song. Pray. That would be my hope eventually with that album that's coming out, which everyone can find that on thefieldnola.com, resources, songs, or YouTube. We have a channel with all the songs and SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have a devotional that goes with that, like yeah. just read the read the passage, yeah. listen to the song, because like the singing for kids is so huge. Like, oh, yeah. That really like stores up the truths in their heart. Mm-hmm. And uh so yeah, it's super helpful. And, and then you hear the the kids singing to themselves in their rooms later. You know, yeah. like just it's it's awesome. It, mm-hmm. Once again, it's not rocket science. It's just intentionality. It's just doing something, right? You know. Okay. Um, then speaking of music, we have now the song of Deborah and Barack. Mm. So this is probably more like a poem. Yeah, songs and poems. This is thirty-one verses, and this is after the. Um, Israel was victorious. Deborah and Barak offered this song of praise up right. to God, um, which there's some some interesting things in here, so I don't know how you mm-hmm. want to tackle it. I would just hit some highlights along the way. I mean, it's like I said, it's a um, it's a pretty long song, but you the see... The first verse is pretty... Or yeah. Verse two, rather. Yeah, do it. That the leaders took the lead in Israel, that... Mm-hmm. The people offered themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Right. And that's like, that's true, kind of. She goes on to sing the song, Some of the Nations That Didn't Come Out. Oh, yeah, that was most of it. Yeah. Right. So it's like the the leaders, so who were who she's talking about, I think she's talking about those who actually stepped up. I mean, there were obviously many that stepped up and, and they had victory, but then there's many more, many more who didn't step up, didn't right. come out. Right. You know, like Reuben... Um, where's that at where she says that? 15 is when she starts that. Yeah. Or 14, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, no, 15. Um. No, yeah, 15. She says, the princes of Iskar came with Deborah, and Iskar, faithful to Barak, into the valley they rushed at his hills among the clans of Reuben. Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Nobody showed. Nobody showed up. Why yeah. did you sit still among the sheepfolds to hear the whistling for the flocks? Like basically mocking them like, like so these are shepherds, mm-hmm. this, the tribe of Reuben, and they didn't come to battle because right. they were watching their flocks. Right. 
But she's saying, like, what's the point of you watching the flocks? We mm -hmm. have a war going on. And not to mention, like, the whole war is to display God. Right. And so, like, you're missing out on the display mm -hmm. of God so you can do your own worldly thing. Which right. Which is watching your flocks. And I liken this to Philippians, too. Um, when I was reading that, I was thinking about it. You know, God, God had his victory regardless of Reuben and some of the other clans just sitting idly by and, and not doing anything, not obeying God, not trusting God, not not showing up mm -hmm. for their brothers, right? And you see Philippians 2 where he says, Therefore God was highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What I mean by that is, that is that is a true statement. Every knee will bow. The question is, will they bow before this life is over or, mm -hmm. in, or in time of judgment? Because even those who disbelieve, even those who sit idly by, even those who disobey God will bow their knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It might just be too late mm -hmm. at day of judgment. Yeah. You know? And so here, you see God deliver... Um, his people in this war, but there was many who didn't show. Yeah, who didn't, who didn't show up, and who didn't follow God, who didn't trust Him. Yeah, and it gives all the reasons. It's like Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. Dan, why did he stay with the ships? Mm -hmm. Asher sat still at the coast of the sea, staying by his landings, but Zebulun risked their lives. Naphtali too, on the heights of the field, mm -hmm. um, and then. In 23, it says, Curse Miraz, says the angel of the Lord, curse its inhabitants mm -hmm. thoroughly because they did not come to the help of the yeah. Lord. And it shows this how the people of God were, were not unified. They were not aligned together. They were not this great nation that we saw in the book of Joshua that was all together under this leader, Joshua, and right. all trusting the Lord. We Now we see as Judges continues on, now you don't have everybody aligned together, everybody coming together as one people. It's, mm -hmm. it's scattered. Not much different than today. You know, the people of God, those who claim to be Christians, are. <clears throat> if trial were to hit, how many would, who would continue? If, if America, for instance, all of a sudden you're persecuted for your faith, like put in jail or killed for it, how many would continue on in the faith? Right. How many would scatter? I think more would scatter than would continue, to yeah. be quite honest. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but I, I just think the what resonated with me so much is like all of these people are just missing out. And yeah. as you say, like in the end, everyone will see mm -hmm. the truth. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, I've seen that in the Psalms a lot where David cries out, like, don't put me to shame. Basically, like the, guy, mm -hmm. the people that went, they're stepping out on faith to do something for the mm -hmm. Lord. And the prayer is that we would not be found to be doing this in vain, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's an okay prayer for a Christian, like, yeah. because we see David do it so much. Absolutely. Um, is that the faith, like when we step out in faith, that it would not be in yeah. vain, you know, that we would see his glory, right. that we wouldn't have to wait until we die to see why we're doing this stuff. We can pray that, right. you know, it may, it may not come true. It may not be God's will for us to know exactly how we're affecting the ripples of time. Mm -hmm. But to do nothing because of that is right. is missing out right. completely on, on who God is and what he's doing. It's a lack of faith, but it is having that faith that even if this life doesn't turn out, well, that I'm having faith that it that in eternity there's glory like this. It it does turn out well, exactly. Regardless, right? So you're right. Like sometimes we step out in faith and and hopefully we see the Lord move in our in this life too. But there are some who, man, you may you may be persecuted for your faith. You may sit in jail the rest of your life. You may you know like all these things could happen that that aren't fun. It doesn't feel like God's blessing. Mm -hmm but you still have that hope at the end, you know. Um, I also thought it was interesting, too. Um, well, she she does what um, she said she was going to do, where Jael was going to get the glory. And yeah. so now we have in Scripture, you know, for all of us to see, verse 24, most blessed of woman be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, 
of tent-dwelling women most blessed. And she tells the story of how how she defeats Cicero. Yeah. That could have been Barack. Right. <clears throat> but it wasn't. Right. And so now here's Jael. Yep. You know, for, for the glory <clears throat> that God used. And ultimately, even though Barack didn't, didn't follow the way he should have, <clears throat> God still brought about his plan. And at the end, at the end of verse 31, and the land had rest for 40 years. Right. So even though Israel is divided, even though there's a lot of sin, <clears throat> even though it doesn't look like it's supposed to, God is still faithful to his people for his own namesake. Yeah. Through it all, he still brought peace to his land. I want to think it helps refine the motivations for getting into mm-hmm. what we would call ministry, not not necessarily like professional ministry. Yeah. I don't think everyone's called for that. You don't you don't think that either. The no. ministry is reaching the lost. Right. Fill, fill, All fulfilling the great commission. All of us are missionaries if you want to put it that way. Right. You know. But so many of us we sit on the couch. Yeah. N- not literally, just figuratively. Some literally. Yeah. Some literally too, but how you do one thing, is how you do everything, so boom. <laughs> um No, not that's maybe not true in that case, but the point is it's it's God's will is going to happen regardless. Like the people, your neighbors, if they're meant to be saved, they will be saved. Yeah. But it may not be by your disobedient, by your hand because you're right. being disobedient. Right. And so in the end, you're gonna you're gonna see all the opportunities you missed potentially. Mm-hmm. You know. Absolutely. And uh, so, but that that refines the motive because a lot of us get involved because we think we're needed. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like that, you don't, you're not needed. Right. God could use you. He could use someone else. Right. He could use a rock, a tree. Right. But it's, it's our, it's humbly awesome that God wants it to be us. Right. right? Like we, we get the privilege of being a part of this mission. We get the privilege. And then also when he does something, we get to see his name glorified, which is right. like, what is, what is better than that? There's nothing more awe striking when God works through you and you know your own weaknesses, but you see him work through you to change the heart of someone else. Yeah. It's always humbling. It's like, I can't believe, I believe, but Knowing I can't you believe. take, can't take any credit for it either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's, man, people are missing out. It's so reformed of you to say. <laughs> well, with that being said, um, hopefully today was helpful. And uh, next week... Be Gideon, yep, yeah, starting Gideon. Gideon. He's a mess, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Change Up podcast. This podcast is made possible by the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays, and you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.